Hi, I'm Dan Jones. And I'm Mia Lee, and we are the editors of Modern Love at The New York Times and co-hosts of the Modern Love podcast. We read love stories for a living. And by love stories, we mean essays written by real people about all forms of human connection. We're talking about everything from first dates to funerals, from sibling rivalries to new love at 85. On our show, we're going to bring those stories to life. We'll hear from the writers and also from the people who are written about. Relationships are the most important things in our lives. And the people that tell us their stories are just so brave, like way braver than I think I am most of the time. Yeah. They're so honest and so vulnerable. And listening to the stories, I feel like you absorb so much wisdom and you get a sense that you're not alone. You can follow Modern Love wherever you get your podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. We hope you'll join us. New episodes are out every Wednesday. From the New York Times, I'm Michael Barbaro. This is The Daily. Today. How is it possible that three months after admitting defeat, the Republicans are back with yet another plan to repeal the Affordable Care Act? And after sinking the last plan, will John McCain do it again, but this time by voting against his best friend in the Senate? It's Thursday, September 21st. I'm here. Can you hear me? I Am can. I wow. This is fancy, this whole setup. This is so cool to have you. Last time we talked to you was in was like was via cell phone at like two in the morning. It was in the middle of the night, and I have basically no recollection of it. <laughs> I'm in the Senate press gallery, just where you want to be at two eleven AM. Tom, what just happened? Well, in some ways it's as simple as the seven year Republican quest to dismantle the Affordable Care Act collapsed. Hmm. This certainly seems like uh, the end of the road for Republicans. So, Tom Kaplan, how is it possible that you are now back on the line with me and we are talking about another Republican attempt to repeal the Affordable Care Act? It actually goes back in July. With all of the controversy surrounding the Republican Obamacare replacement bill, one GOP senator is working on unveiling his own health care plan. Senator a couple of senators started working on their own kind of alternative proposal for repealing and replacing the Affordable Care Act, Lindsey Graham and Bill Cassidy. And what we attempted to do, and we're going to introduce this as part of the Graham-Cassidy Amendment, in which we attempt to establish fairness for all Americans in terms of the support they receive from the federal taxpayer. And this didn't get a ton of attention. It was kind of seen as an idea that they had that probably wasn't going to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. But they kept at it. They've worked on it over uh, the past month or two and came out with a bill a week ago. And they've managed to actually get some momentum here and get other Republicans on board. Wouldn't you like to export natural gas to cut Putin's legs out from under him? So Lindsey Graham from South Carolina is a uh, colorful, wisecracking presence at the Capitol. I'm not afraid of a guy riding around on a horse without his shirt. The guy's got a pair of twos and we've got a full house and he's walking all over Obama. John McCain's best friend in the Senate, not someone who is thought of as focused on health care. He's teamed up with Bill Cassidy from Louisiana, who is not super well-known. He's a doctor, and he's really into health care policy. Take all the dollars that would uh, go to a state 
and deliver it to the state. The state would have to use it on health care, but then allow that state to come up with a solution particular for their state. And they've made kind of an interesting uh, pairing to, to try to bring the repeal push back to life. So let me understand this. How do Republicans again get to this point where they're again talking about health care, though? Because it just seemed so over. It looked like September was going to be a nightmare of a month because Congress needed to pass a spending measure to keep the government open. And they also had to raise the debt limit. Right. And that looked like it was going to be this big, messy fight to everyone's surprise. Great meeting with Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi. The president met with congressional leaders this morning where he broke with the GOP and sided with Democrats. In a stunning move, President Trump bucking his own party, cutting a deal with Democrats to provide disaster relief funding, extend the debt ceiling, and fund the government for three months. And that was a, a tough pill to swallow for Republicans who were completely blindsided. But it sort of cleared the decks for the rest of September. Huh. Instead of having this big fiscal fight that was resolved much earlier than everyone thought it would be. So in striking a deal with the Democrats on the budget, President Trump and the Democrats, Pelosi and Schumer, opened up another chance for Republicans to repeal Obamacare. That's striking. Yeah, no, completely. And, and it's you know, it's, it's a, a number of different factors people are talking about. Another thing that happened this month that kind of gets brought up by Republicans is Senator Bernie Sanders went public with his proposal hmm. for a, a Medicare for all system. Right. We spoke to him about it. We are the only major country on earth not to guarantee health care to all people. And I think it's time that we end that and we do that most efficiently and easily by expanding Medicare to all. And it added sort of another issue that Republicans certainly latched onto once Senator Sanders went public with that push. Is what you're kind of saying that Republicans don't like the taste of all this Democratic enthusiasm and activity in the air and that they're thinking to themselves, you know what, let's just try this one more time because it looks like there's just a little too much momentum against the backs of the Democrats when it comes to this kind of an issue. There definitely is a feeling among Republicans in Congress that they need to get a win. The other factor is the calendar, which is Republicans only have till the end of this month in order to be able to pass a repeal bill and not run into a Democratic filibuster in the Senate. So this is kind of the last moment they could do it. Explain that deadline to me. Why do we keep hearing about September 30th? So Republicans have 52 seats in the Senate. And they are using special budget rules to try to pass their repeal bill with just a simple majority. Then in this case, the special rules they want to use to pass this with just 50 votes, they expire at the end of the fiscal year and the fiscal year ends at the end of September. So that's why we're talking about this as kind of the last moment where they could do it. So we should think of September 30th as the last possible day that Republicans have the easiest possible path to passing something as complicated as repealing the Affordable Care Act. That's the right way to look at it. So our last hope, we think, is relieving folks from the burdens of the Affordable Care Act. If we give the states the flexibility to come up with their own solutions, they will find solutions that work better for their state than the Affordable Care Act. And it makes total sense. Clearly, Alaska is different than Rhode Island. Louisiana is different than Missouri. I recall that a major complaint about the Affordable Care Act is that it brings a kind of one-size-fits-all approach to health care to every state that expanded 
Medicaid, which was allowable under the law. Is this an attempt to kind of give states the freedom to do what they want to do with a certain amount of money or not do anything at all and therefore just kind of put health care back in the states and take it away from the federal government? That's the idea. And it's an idea that Republicans really like, uh, the idea of federalism, that states can choose to put in place the policies that they think are best for their residents. Uh, Is this a partisan approach to health care? I don't think so. Let me tell you how this works. I like Massachusetts. I like Maryland. I like New York. I like California. But I don't like them that much. It would repeal the mandates that most people have to have health coverage, that large employers offer health coverage. It would repeal the expansion of Medicaid. It would repeal the tax credits that are provided to help people buy insurance on the individual market. And it would also allow states to get waivers so that insurers could charge people more if they have pre-existing conditions. So some of those consumer protections under the Affordable Care Act could also be rolled back. Tom, the last time we talked and the last time Republicans proposed repealing the Affordable Care Act, the fate of the bill came down to three or four senators, and we got to know all of their names. Are those the same senators that hold the fate of this bill, or are they different? It's the same ones. It's this sort of Groundhog Day phenomenon (laughs) at the Capitol where suddenly we're chasing the same senators around, asking them where they stand, just as we were a couple of months ago. Kentucky Senator Rand Paul is walking away from this current proposal, at least, and he could be the one vote standing in the way of Obamacare repeal if it goes down that way. Republicans were only one vote shy last time around. Where did the vote stand on this new effort, Graham Cassidy? You're looking at people like Senator Lisa Murkowski, who voted against this. She says she's undecided. Susan Collins, still looking at this as well. And of course, John McCain, the individual who effectively sunk this plan in July with the thumbs down. There certainly is some suspicion that Senator McCain this time could vote for it. Having said that, McCain hates the process. This is his big complaint, is the Senate is not following what what is called regular order. He wants committee hearings. He wants debate. He wants amendments. He wants sort of a much more deliberative process. And he's, he's unapologetic about wanting this. And then that leaves Murkowski from Alaska. From Alaska. And she is hard to read. She has not said much this week, but a lot of attention in the coming days will be focused on Lisa Murkowski. How does President Trump feel about this version of the repeal bill? We know that he has mercilessly lambasted Republican leadership for not getting this through last time, called it embarrassing. So what about this bill? He's on board. He took to Twitter. Rand Paul is a friend of mine, but he is such a negative force when it comes to fixing health care. Graham Cassidy bill is great. Ends Obamacare. And are there any real repercussions for Republicans if this goes to a vote and fails again, other than the presumed fury of President Trump? There are a couple things. I mean, there's the embarrassment factor of just going through this whole process again, having a vote, having it fail. And it's like, if you were embarrassed by not being able to fulfill your promise over the summer, now you're just reminding people of your continued inability to fulfill that promise. And there's certainly a question of, you know, Republicans are in control of the government. At some point, do Americans start blaming Republicans for their insurance premiums going up and that kind of thing? So that's a, that's a question that will hang out there. But might it motivate 
President Trump to be even more likely to make deals with Democrats if he keeps finding that Republicans just can't get things like this done. It's certainly in the realm of possibility that this fails again. He throws his hands up and decides that Chuck and Nancy, as he likes to say, are uh, are looking pretty good to him. Now, having said that, tax reform is the next thing on the agenda. It is hard to imagine that becomes a bipartisan exercise just given Republicans' goals here. So it seems likely he's going to continue to work with Republican leaders on that. But it's certainly when we look at the relationship between the president and the Republican Congress, this would be just another moment where he would say, what good is these majorities in both houses if we can't do something central to Republicans running for office for years now? Tom, thank you. Thank you. When we come back, how this bill is testing one of the most powerful friendships in Washington. We'll be right back. When times became uncertain, Womply pivoted their technology platform and committed to help small businesses and self-employed workers get approved for their PPP loan. In just a few months, Womply has helped one million businesses across America to secure much-needed funding so they can continue to stay open and serve their communities. Womply helps small businesses thrive. Visit Womply.com to learn more. Cheryl Gastelberg, remind us who sunk healthcare in a way that we thought was for good back in July. Well, the man who sunk healthcare was John McCain, the senator from Arizona, very unpredictable senator. It was an incredible dramatic moment on Capitol Hill, Michael. McCain had just been diagnosed with brain cancer. And he came back to the Senate to, you know, a round of sustained applause less than two weeks after brain surgery. And then with a thumbs down, he signifies that he's not going to vote in favor of this Obamacare repeal. And that's the vote that kills the bill. And I remember that moment because it was literally like a Roman Colosseum scene of he holds up his hand and then slowly drags his thumb down. And it's at that moment that the Democrats realize that the Affordable Care Act will not be repealed. That In their minds, it's, it's over. And in Republican minds, too. Republicans were saying, well, this is it. But as we've just discussed, McCain's close friend, Lindsey Graham, is now trying to do this again, to repeal the Affordable Care Act. How was Graham feeling about health care at the time back in July? Here's the state of play. All three of us support the idea of continuing the process to get a good outcome for the American people when it comes to replacing Obamacare. What happened was McCain, Graham, and another senator, Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, held a press conference complaining that that bill, the so-called skinny repeal, was not a good bill. The skinny bill as policy is a disaster. The skinny bill as a replacement for Obamacare is a fraud. But then, just hours later, Graham and Johnson voted to advance the bill. So Graham voted in support of the same bill that McCain voted against decisively. Yes. Give us the story of this friendship between these two men, McCain and Graham. So I think the story of the friendship goes back really to when Lindsey Graham joins the Senate. 
He comes over to the Senate from the House in 2003. And when Graham comes in, he is sort of instantly attached at the hip to McCain. My illegitimate son, Lindsey Graham, is exploring that option. And so... They're taking the same positions on foreign policy. Don't forget, this is a time of muscular American intervention overseas. We're going to war with Iraq. The starting point to me is the use of weapons of mass destruction by Saddam Hussein. Uh, What kind of weapons are we talking about that he used? We're going to find out massive evidence of weapons of mass destruction, and we're going to find the incredible brutality. There are all these issues that draw them together, and they start traveling on what is known in Washington as CODELs, short for Congressional Delegation Trips. These are official um, visits overseas. to foreign countries. Official, exactly, exactly. Joining us now from the U.S. Embassy in Kabul, Afghanistan, is Republican Senators John McCain and Lindsey Graham. So this is a relationship that goes back. Uh, one thing to know about both Graham and McCain is they're both military men. Graham served on the Air Force as a judge advocate general. Hmm. And another thing to know about Lindsey Graham is that his parents died when he was young, and he raised a sister pretty much on his own. And he is also, I think, about 15 years younger than John McCain, maybe even more. I Mm. always felt that Graham, in a way, looked up to McCain, maybe not as a father figure, Mm. maybe as a big brother figure. And of course, John McCain is an enormous war hero. Kind of his service in Vietnam as a POW is storied. So I wonder if that is a bond. I think that's a very strong bond. Absolutely. I don't think it's too far to go to say that Graham idolizes McCain. Hmm. He told me recently that there was nothing he'd ever done of consequence politically that he had done without McCain. John often says he would rather lose a campaign than lose a war. Graham was really at McCain's side during the time that McCain was running for president against Barack Obama in 2008. Here's the good news. We're going to win this war, and John McCain will be our next president of the United States. And then Graham himself had a very short-lived run for the presidency in 2016, and McCain uh, supported him. Hmm. I believe in Lindsey Graham. I believe that he has the credentials and the ability to address the challenges that are facing the world today. Over, you know... Everybody else. Countless, right? (laughs) 16, I think, other candidates. When I ran for president, most of you missed it. (laughs) John was with me. The bottom line... They are very, very close friends. This is a deep and real friendship, so much so that not long ago when they were asked about their friendship uh, during a CNN town hall... He is loyal to his friends. He loves his country. And if he has to stand up to his party for his country, so be it. He would die for this country. I love him to death. And you could see McCain putting his head down and wiping a little tear from his eye. And Graham also was tearing up. So that brings us to to now, to this moment, and to this health care bill that has Graham's name on it. What do we know about how John McCain feels about this bill? Well, he's been a little bit coy about his intentions. He's been saying all along that he's open to voting for this bill. Okay. 
that he wanted to hear from Arizona's governor about how the governor felt. Arizona's governor, Doug Ducey, did come out in support of Hmm. this bill. And once he did, McCain was still saying that he wasn't sure what he was going to do. The governor came out in favor, which uh, obviously has some impact, but the fact is we have also not gone through the regular order. I don't want to know. I want to know what amendments are in order. I want to know why it is that we haven't uh, had a product in the last nine months. I want to know a lot of things. And Cheryl, what you're describing is something that McCain said to you, it sounds like. Well, he said it to me and he said it to any other you know reporters who asked. Right. He was, you know, being dogged by reporters all week about this. And he was, I think he just had had it by the time he talked to me. <laughs> Senator, have you talked to Senator Graham about this? You're very close with yes. him. Yes. Have you talked to Senator Graham? Yes. And what have you told him? What have I told him? Yeah. And what is I've he... I've told him hi. What does he I... ask you? Is he, is he <laughs> pressing you for your vote? Uh, we don't press each other. He, he's made it clear what is what he thinks is important to get passed. I talked to Graham also this week and said, you know, have you talked to Senator McCain about this? And he said, you know... Senator McCain can make up his own mind. Hmm. But of course, McCain's vote is, you know, this this bill is hanging by a thread. They need every vote they can get right. to pass it. And, and if McCain votes against it, this really could be the end, the true end of the Republican effort to repeal Obamacare. Which is why it feels like the essential question becomes, will McCain go against not just his party once again, but also his dear friend, Lindsey Graham. Michael, I have absolutely no idea. (laughs) But I also suspect he'll keep whatever decision he makes um, close to the vest. And then we'll just see it at the last minute on the Senate floor like we did. We'll see if it gets a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Thank you, Cheryl. Thanks, Michael. Here's what else you need to know today. The Times reports that special counsel Robert Mueller has asked the White House for documents related to some of President Trump's most controversial actions, including the firing of his national security advisor, Michael Flynn, and his dismissal of FBI Director James Comey. The requests reveal the scope of Mueller's investigation and suggest that aspects of it are focused squarely on the president's behavior in the White House. And... The 7.1 magnitude earthquake that struck Mexico on Tuesday has killed at least 230 people, including 30 students who were trapped inside their elementary school when it collapsed. The death toll is expected to rise significantly as thousands of government workers and volunteers begin recovery efforts, digging through the rubble of office buildings and apartment complexes. That's it for The Daily. I'm Michael Barbaro. See you tomorrow. You're still running your business on QuickBooks? More like quicksand. The bigger your company grows, the faster you sync with outdated software. NetSuite by Oracle is the scalable solution to run all key back office operations, no matter how big your company grows. 93% of surveyed organizations increase visibility and control since making the switch from QuickBooks to NetSuite. 
Right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash daily. That's special financing at netsuite.com slash daily. netsuite.com slash daily.